welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. It says this in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24. And if you know the story, Jacob is running from his brother. Jacob's at a place where he has manipulated his dad to get, uh, he's already manipulated manipulated his brother out of the birthright. He's already, uh, he's manipulated his father to get the blessing over his life that actually belonged to Esau. And, uh, and so anyways, his brother basically tells him, hey, if I see you, I am going to kill you until you are dead. And, and in, in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24, it says, then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he had not prevailed against him, so we know this. We don't know if this is like a Nephilim or an angel, but I do know this, that he was wrestling with God, right? When the man saw, so I want you to put yourself in the position. He's running from his brother. He's running from something that he's been wrestling with at home. And God says this, don't wrestle with that person. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers over darkness and wickedness in high places. He said, if anything you need to wrestle with, you wrestle with me because I'll give you the answer. He said, when the man saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was dislocated while he wrestled with him. You know what I love about this story? God dislocated his hip for a reason because he said, you've been running from something your whole life. You've manipulated people. You've cheated people. You've done it your own way. But I, hey, you came to me now, and you know what? You ain't going to run no more. I'm going to make it that you have to be right here, that I'm going to have to talk to you and speak to you and communicate with you in your ear. Come on. How many of y'all thankful for Jesus this morning? was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have contended with God with men and have prevailed. Can I tell you, I I pray that this morning you came in here with a heart. Maybe you've been running from something. I believe this is just a word for this season. You've been running from something. There's something maybe turmoil that's going on at home. I believe you came to the right place. And if you came to wrestle with anybody, I hope you came to wrestle with the Lord. And can I tell you what he's going to do is put you in the right place at the right time for such a time as this. And you need to have this heart saying, God, while I'm here, I'm not leaving 8827 South Washington until you, you bless me. I'm not leaving this service. I'm not going anywhere till God, your hand gets on me and blesses every part of my life. That doors of favor are going to be on me. That you'd go before me and not behind me. That if you need healing inside of your body, Right now is the time to receive it. Right now is the time to receive it in Jesus' name. So just lift your hands with me. God, I pray I get an agreement right now with every single person inside of this room. And I pray, Lord, that your hand would be on each and every person. I pray that blessings of the Lord. 
I pray, God, the hand of God, the righteous right arm of the Lord is touching people across the room. If it needs healing in their body, I pray for healing. If it needs uh, a supply in, the, in their finances, Lord, I pray that you're supplying them. You're Jehovah Jireh. You are the God who provides. I pray, God, right now, if it's peace, I thank you that you are Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And so, Lord, I pray that peace touch them from the top of their head to the soles to the tips of their toes. I pray, God, for an anointing flowing through this room in Jesus' mighty name that breaks the yokes and bondages of sin and death. And one one more thing, God. Lord, we pray for Texas. And I pray, God, for the leadership that is in this country right now. We've heard a lot of talk, a lot of talk, but I pray that they would walk the walk. And Lord, what's going on at the border, I see throughout Scripture how important it is that we have borders in our life. I just pray, God, for wisdom in that area. Wisdom in that area. I, I, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what they're up against. I don't, I don't know. But God, I, I know this, that you are for protecting a nation. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, I pray that you protect the innocent. You open eyes to see and ears to hear. We'd look at this time as we got an agreement in prayer, Lord, that you, that, that you make a way when there seems to be no way. Hand of God be on this precious state. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Before you're seated, can we read the word together in honor of the word? Just stand in his presence. How many of y'all thankful for the word of God this morning? <clears throat> amen. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23. This is red letter in my Bible. It says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? These same guys are always coming against Jesus, but I, I, I love it. He don't back down from a fight. He said, You hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. He said, you should tithe, though, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Genesis chapter 4 and verses 2 through 7, this is also where I want to go, this famous story of Cain and Abel. It says, later... Verse 2, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Everybody say firstborn. Firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. You know what I'm believing for in 2024? That God would look on favor on your life, on this church's life. Amen. It says in verse 5, But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right... Sin is crouching at your door. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a mama that said, Travis, 
Sin is knocking at the door right now. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God, we thank you for your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, why don't you shake somebody's hand and tell them, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, who is happy to be in the house of God today? All right. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, if uh, you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called The Choice is Yours. And yesterday during the marriage conference, we talked about several different things, and we talked about the bed, the bank, the beak, and the bow. And when we talked about the beak, we, we uh, or actually talked about uh, the bank talking about money. We talked, uh, as we were communicating about that, we, ha- we were talking about what was our win. And Brandy came from a different home than I did, and, and I was wanting to be a little more frugal than she was, but she was pregnant right out the gate. And I remember her asking for some ice cream, and I'm like, honey, we can't afford ice cream. Let's just go mooch it off your mom and dad's house. Let's just go over there, all right? But, uh, and so I, I remember setting, you know, setting some standards, and one night I said, all right, we can go get ice cream. We can go get three cones, two for me, one for you. And <clears throat> even at the time, it was going to go even cheaper than going to Brahms. Brahms is my absolute favorite, but I said, let's, let's go to McDonald's. And would you know it, that finally, I'm going to let her have a treat. We go to McDonald's, and y'all ain't going to believe this, but the ice cream machine was out of order. (laughs) Y'all have ever been to McDonald's before? All right? That's why I go to Wendy's. The frosty machine always works. Come on. (laughs) It's it's better anyway. But uh, anyways, uh, so, but you didn't tell the rest of the story. We actually drove to another one. She's not, we did. We did. I remember this. We drove to another one. We drove to another one, and we pulled up there, and we said, all right, we want some ice cream. You know what they told us? It was out of order. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's kind of a phenomenon thing now on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. I see that people go to McDonald's, and they see that, I, I mean, this is... I, I hope when we're live on YouTube in the second service that the CEOs of McDonald's see that this is a pandemic in all of America, that y'all's ice cream machines are always out of order. And as I was thinking about this and coming into this message that the choice is yours, uh, how many of y'all know when things are, it, it, that is a word that I actually remember of even I've been in this, uh, I've been out of the country and when you go to Mexico, or if you go uh, overseas, I've been in Africa, I've been in, in places in Europe, uh, that is a universal term that is used everywhere. Out of order. That's, what I don't understand about it is they put it in a bathroom, out of order. Why don't they just say broke toilet? But they don't say that. They say out of order. And why do they say out of order? It's because uh, the reason they say it's out of order is because the thing that should be firing first is firing fifth. And the thing that should be firing third is firing second. How many of y'all know God does things in decency and in order? And if you don't get in order and line up to the word of God and do things the way he's called you to do things, your life will be broke too. 
And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about finances. I'm just talking about we've got to put things in order. And that's what I've been talking about through this series is there are some things that you're going to have to do in your life. The choice is yours. That if you want to live a successful Christian walk with Christ, there's just some things that you're going to have to make the choice. This is the order that I'm going to live my life. And the first one we talked about was Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The first choice you have to make is say, I'm going to honor the Lord in every single area of my life. I'm going to honor him as a dad. I'm going to honor him as a parent. Uh, I, I mean, as a husband, I'm going to honor him in my business. I'm going to honor him in my job. This last weekend uh, at the marriage conference, the first thing that I started up, started off, when Paul is writing the church at Ephesus, he gives an order of life. And if you're paying attention, you really see it because he's talking about the Christian walk with Christ. And the ones that we like to look at was marriage. And then the one after that, we really like it. As parents, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Hey, Uncle Ben, Aunt Donna, in the Lord, for this is right, that it be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. I love to tell my kids that. You know why? Because my parents love to tell me that. And their parents probably like to tell them that. But, uh, and then after that, he talks about the employer and the employee. See, we're messed up in America today. We have more lazy people than we've ever had before. Living off the government. I mean, all kinds. Uh, if you talk to bosses, they tell you, man, I, I just ha- wish people would show up for work. See, the problem is there's no honor there because there was no honor at home and there was no honor in the marriage and there was no honor to God first. And we've got to be in order. We personally, I know this, if I honor the Lord personally and Brandy honors the Lord personally, there will be honor in our marriage. And when there's honor in my marriage, there's going to be honor inside of my home over my kids. And then, and then they will go out and be a functioning to society. Come on, how many, how many of y'all know us as the church ought to be duplicating and raising up warriors and people that, that are good for society? Amen? And so there's got to be an order. And the second thing we talked about, so the first one was seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The second thing we talked about, Pastor Buck was here, he said this, change happens when change happens. We've, if, if we're going to get things back on track and if you feel like your life is broken, there's some changes that you're going to have to make and choices you're going to have to make. The third one that we, uh, we talked about is the house of God. How many of y'all know God's always had a people and God's always had a place? Last week, if you're here, we talked about stinking thinking. And we talked about we're going to have to make the, our, the choice to think on things that are true and noble and of a good report. And, and this week, we're going to talk about something. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But already, I know that there's people out there. There's, there's always different people inside the room that's like, yes, pastor, I'm with you. There's other people that are convicted there's other, uh, there's other people that think, you know what, I've tried all of that before. Well, I just want to tell you to keep trying. I heard this story um, uh, this last week. I wrote his name down. I forgot his name. But his name is George. Let me find it here. His name is George Dawson. Everybody say George Dawson. George Dawson was born in 1898 where the Metroplex is now, around South Lake and that particular area. And uh, as a boy growing up, he grew up in a farm, farm home where there was a whole bunch of kids. 
where he was the oldest one, and like a lot of story you've heard, you stories you've heard before, where dad needed help back at the farm. So he pulled him out of school when he was in third and fourth grade. He pulled him out of school. He ended up inheriting this farm. But in uh, all of his life, he did not know how to read or write because he was pulled out. Now, he could figure some things out. This documentary, he said, he could figure some things out, but he didn't know everything. And in 1996, there was a knock on his door. He was at 98 years old, and there was this, this man that came to the door, and he was a literacy volunteer, and he said, hey, down here at this particular center, like we have the Wesley Center, where we have all kinds of uh, older people go in there, and they learn all kinds of different things, play cards. He said, if you come down uh, this afternoon, I'm going to be teaching courses for people like you on how to read and write. He jumped out the door, 98 years old. He said, I will be there. He showed up early, and, he, and, and for, the, for the rest of the year of his life, the rest of that year, he learned how to read and write. When he was 100 years old, he wrote his first book called My Life is So Good. He was on the Oprah Winfrey Show. It's been a bestseller book. It's also, he also was on Good Morning America several times. But his whole point was this, my life is so good. Even though he didn't know how to do any of those things at the age of 100. I want to tell you, you might be in here and you may be stuck in your wicked ways. There's never too late of a time to change. There's never too late of a time to get your life in order. If George Dawson can do it at the age of 98, how many of y'all know we can make some changes in our life to make us better? Are you guys awake this morning? I hope you are. You can do this. You can do this. But sometimes you have to put some things back in order. And when I read this story of Cain and Abel, uh, I, I always, you know, there's a part of me that I think to myself, man, two brothers here, Cain has a bad rap. Now, if you really know the story, you know it's more than this. And I've taught this many times before, talking about responsibility. Abel's response, response was, I'm able." Response, a bull. But Abel, what, what did he do? We see in the text right here that he brought the first part. He, what he was doing was, is not that Cain didn't bring a great offering. It's what Cain did all kinds of different stuff, and then he brought it to God. But the, the difference in the story of why God blessed Abel is because he said, first, God, you gave me this, and I'm going to give back to you right away. See, the whole problem with the story was Cain was out of order. And when you get out of order, it's going to affect you. Today, I want to talk about a topic that many of y'all are already be like, man, if you're a visitor this morning, just come back next week. I'll talk about something else. In fact, I'm gonna, next week, I'm going to wrap it up of, of, of making the choice to have great relationships in your life. But today, I'm going to talk about the choice to honor God with the tithe. And yes, this is a financial message, and I'm going to do everything I can to stay behind this pulpit because you know how passionate I can get. Point fingers. My, my kids today at lunchtime, they will make fun of me on how I preach today with my hands. And I'm going to do everything that I can uh, to make you feel like I'm not beating you up. But this is so important. I know this is a touchy subject. And I only, I know that I only probably preach on money 10% out of the year. And there's people that say, all he preaches about is money. 
And I want to invite you February the 24th, be here, because I'm going to give you the state of the church. It'll be very business. Talk about what we did this last year. And you're going to be excited to know we did bigger and better than we've ever done in the history of AOL. Come on. <clears throat> so I just want to tell you as a shepherd, open your heart this morning. I wouldn't be a good shepherd if I didn't talk about this. And there's some of you all already right away, Pastor, you're going to talk about the tithe. I heard this guy on TikTok, and he was really good. I loved what he had to say. The reason you liked him because he said you didn't have to tithe. I would love to have 10 minutes with the TikTok preacher because I promise you I'd prove him wrong because he don't know the Word of God. Because if you know the Word of God, you see that this is a very important part, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. So, and, and there's people already that are thinking, you know what? He's going to talk about tithing. I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Um, you know, in the very first message that I talked about, I said I was going to stay up here. I'm going to just walk around for a little bit. Is it okay if I just be myself this morning? How many of y'all just take a deep breath? <gasps> right away, when, when I said I was going to talk about money, None, um, you got nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. So y'all just relax. It's going to be good. The very first message I talked about, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus opens up that text before he gets to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He talks about worry. And he says this, he says, what, what, what good does worry do in your life? It's not going to add one more second to your life. Actually, what it's going to do, it's going to take some things away. And as you study worry, and I did this back then, I almost went this way, but I knew where I was going with this particular series. In worry, you need to know this, the number one cause comes from money. In fact, the top three things that Americans worry about is personal finances, their job, and the economy. Well, if you live in 2024, I'm going to say this, you do need to walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you watch television and you see everything, even though they're telling us this is a great, strong economy, they have not gone to the grocery store and bought beef, right? But my whole point is the top three things that people worry about in, in America's personal finances, their job and the economy, all three of these are money. Did you know this, that 80% of Americans worry about money all the time? 80%. 70% live from paycheck to paycheck. And I actually uh, read this last night, that that the majority of Americans, I forget the percentage, I didn't write it down, but the majority of Americans, if they had an emergency in their life, they could not get their hands on $400. That makes me sad. Financial stress is the leading cause of divorce. That's why one of the reasons that we talked about it yesterday at the marriage conference of the bank is a big one. Let me just see some truthful people in here. How many of y'all have ever had money be a stressful thing inside of your marriage? All right, I'm going to go ahead and lift (laughs) so many hands, right? Come on, can we just be real? The Bible, there's over 800 verses on money and money management. That's not including giving. When you get into the giving part of it, there's 2,100 scriptures of it. Uh, uh, there's not even that many on prayer. How many of y'all know prayer is an important thing? 
I mean, I know heaven and hell is an important thing, but there's, there's way more about money and money management than there is about heaven and hell combined. See, my, my deal is this. God's picture of money is peace. God's picture of money is fulfillment. God's picture of money is rest. That's not the world's. Can I tell you, there's a reason that, that credit card companies want, want you to be at a, a slave to 24.5 or 26% because they like the turmoil of you living in stress and then spending more money. But can I just say this before I even get into the message today? In 2024, I'm believing that AOLers, can I say that? AOLers will fly high financially in 2024. You know what I'm believing over you before I even get into the message? I'm believing God for breakthrough and financial freedom, that you will walk in peace and in victory, and everything you put your hand to shall and will prosper. He's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, if you believe the word of God, you ought to be shouting me down because I'm telling the truth this morning that even though the economy has gone to hell, and it has, you know what? Not in the Bennett home, not in the Newman home. Come on, not in the Campbell home. Not in my home. I'm going to say that right now. Not in my home. Amen. Not in my home. All right. I told you I wasn't going to preach, and I'm trying not to. But here we go. Throughout the word of God, we see this, that a tithe, that word tithe means tenth. This is what it is. Giving God the first 10% of your income through my local church. Giving God the first 10% of your income through my local church. The first time that I see tithe in Scripture, maybe a time before that, but the first time I was intentional of that, reading the Word of God from the very beginning this year. and It was in Genesis chapter 14, before Abraham was Abram. He brought a tithe, you guys may remember this, he brought a tithe to the priest Melchizedek. And at the time his name was Abram. But then he would later become Abraham. And what I love about the word Abraham, that ham, when, when, when you study it out in the Hebrew, it now he is the father of multiplication. How many of y'all know we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? We don't serve the God of subtraction and division. We serve the God of multiplication and addition. And then I see on from there, I see Isaac brought a tithe. I see Jacob brought a tithe. I see through the law of Moses brought a tithe. I see through the major and the minor prophets. All the way into Jesus in Matthew 23 when Jesus talks about, yes, you should, you should tithe. My whole point is this. This is not an Old Testament or a New Testament principle. It's a biblical principle. Put that on TikTok. It is a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle. So the best way to, uh, to talk about the tithe is found in Malachi. If you'd go with me in chapter, Malachi chapter 3. If you've read the word of God before or maybe heard a message on tithing, you, you, uh, you know where this is going. But it's Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. This is the book right before you get to the book of Matthew. And I love the first verse. It says this. For I am the Lord, I do not change. How many of y'all know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Come on, how many of y'all know if he split the Red Sea in the book of Exodus, he can still split the Red Sea in 2024? 
It says, therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I love that. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Basically, the Lord is saying this, I'm consistent. How many of y'all know he is consistent? Lift your hand if he's been consistent for you. Amen. I'll lift the mind. Verse 7, it says, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He said, return. Everybody say, return. He said, return to me. And I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? What I love about this text, and I'm really going to hit on this word return. He's asking the question, how would the people return? But in this case, it would be through giving. And we're going to see this in a minute. But why? And I'll tell you right off the bat, giving is not God's way of raising money. And if you're in here right away, it's like, I'm not giving you my money. We don't want your money. We don't want it. I believe God will supply all of AOL's needs according to its riches and glory. My trust is not in you. My trust is in God. I'll just say that right off the bat. The reason I'm saying giving is not God's way of raising money, it's his way of raising up people. Because at heart, we are sinners. We're liars. We're cheaters. We have a tendency to be selfish, not a tendency. A lot of us are selfish. We want to be small, greedy, materialistic, but God is a giver. That's who he is. That's his makeup. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, what? He gave. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, but, so God is a giver, and he wants his children to be like him. How many of y'all know we are created in his image? And if we're going to be like him, we've got to learn how to be givers. Now we go to verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? I love this part right here. A police officer told me one time, he said, there's a difference between, because some people say, will a man steal from God? Stealing and robbery is totally two different things. When you steal something, that means the people weren't at home and you stole from their house. But if you go there while they're there, that is robbery. How many of y'all know the God, God is in this place today? So will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way? Don't get mad at me. This is the Bible. In what way have, you, have, have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. I looked up this word curse. I was going to try to say it in the Hebrew, but I'll let some great scholars un- understand what that says. But this is what I'll, I want to point out. It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 4 of Cain living under a curse. And you know what it means? It means that it doesn't mean that there was somebody with, you know, an, an eagle feather and, and a hawk eye and had something was mixing up with a big boil on its nose. And living like that kind of curse, you know what it was? It was a curse meaning this, that you're limited. That's what curse means. And I don't know about you, but I want all the things that God has in store for me. I don't want something stopping me from living out the full potential that God has for my life. It says, for you are cursed with a curse. This is heavy stuff. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, how shall you return to me? Consider this, you've been robbing from me. See, the hearts of the people were held back to the same degree their tithes and offerings were. The first 10% of every dollar I receive is the Lord. So if I don't tithe, 
I'm actually robbing God. In giving my tithe, on the other hand, I'm sanctifying the remaining 90%. How many of y'all know God is so good that he gives you the... How many of y'all know he could have asked for the 90, but he gave it to us? Everything that we have is from him anyway. Tithing acknowledges in a very real way in a every... A very real way that every good and perfect gift I've gotten comes from the Lord. That's what James 1.17 says. Leviticus 27 and verse 30, when he wrote the law, he said this, The tithe is the Lord's. Now, right away, I know there's going to be people that said, You said it, Pastor, it's the law. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. That's legalism of some kind. I know it. The guy on TikTok told me that. But I want to tell you, as a New Testament believer, we are free from the law. Yes, we are. But tithing began before the law was ever wrote. In Genesis chapter 14, when Abraham was with Melchizedek, and he gave him that tithe, that was way before. Come on, that's hundreds of years before the tithe was ever wrote. All right? I'm just pointing that out. In verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The tithe is to be brought into the storehouse. We are to tithe to the place where we are being shepherded and fed. The tithe should not be given randomly to this cause. Some people say, well, I, I tithe to this ministry. I That's not what the Word of God says to do. You love the Internet preacher. No, you give them an offering, but not your tithe. The Bible's very clear. You bring your tithe. There's many men of God that I love and have listened to, and they've, they've poured so much into me. But I know this, and those great men of God have taught me this. You can send me an offering, but your 10% of off your income goes to the church where you are led and fed. You won't find an example uh, of that anywhere in the Word that you tithe to this or that. You tithe to the house of God where you're being fed. You can, you can do that with offerings. Don't get me wrong, all right? Don't, don't put words in my mouth that I didn't put in there. But the tithe needs to be consistently brought into the storehouse. I, I believe the ministry of the local church has been restricted because people have been given to all sorts of causes rather than to the church. As I read to the, in the book of Acts, we see the church helping the poor, the church sending out missionaries, the church planning other outreaches. Those who were sent out from the church were submitted and accountable to the church. So in my understanding of Scripture right here, the tithe needs to go into the storehouse where the leadership dispenses the funds. But I've heard this. But I want to control where my money goes. That's the beauty of tithing. You can't do that. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? The Lord is certainly capable of dealing with those who mishandled this responsibility. And can I tell you, as pastors and elders, we take great responsibility on stewarding the finances of this house well. And I'll tell you about that on February 24th. But when we tithe, we're not supporting anyone. We're not getting credit from anyone. We're simply giving to God all in humility. So it says, bring all your tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not, ooh, this is my favorite part. 
If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. I love this right here. You know, throughout the word of God, he says, trust me. But in this area of giving, he says, try me. Bring your tithes and offerings and see if I won't bless you in such a way that you can't even contain it. It's not like, you know, you've had a friend said, try me. Right? The Lord's saying this, you've tried everything else. Why don't you try me? Verse 11. It gets even better. He said, when you do this, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I want to ask the question, do you ever feel like your paycheck is just being eaten up? And through Haggai, the Lord said this, you put your money into bags with holes. This is verse, chapter 1 and verse 6. Your budget isn't working because although you're building your own houses, you've neglected my work. In this verse 11 and verse 12, tithing makes good sense because God isn't going to be your debtor. You'll never be able to give more to him than he'll give back to you. He'll never have to say, you know what, I owe you one. Because he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. So I just want to tell you this. My tithe belongs to the church. And maybe this is not your church. But I want, if you do have a church that you are a part of, a storehouse, you need to give there. We don't want, we, I'll say it, we don't want your money. That's why I'm not here. I, I'm not here when somebody gives their life to the Lord. One of the things that I always say, if this is your church, you need to get planted in here and give here. But if this isn't, you find one. There's one out there for you that God has called you to be a part of. But give into that house because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what the Bible says. So I wrote down four different things that I'm going to end with. How much time do I have? All right. I, they don't start till 1045. Here we go. <laughs> Write this down. Number one, tithing is giving back to God what already belongs to him. Amen. This is so important. The passage says return three times for a reason. Return to me. Return to me. Return to me. Tithing, number one, tithing is giving back to God what already belongs to him. If you're a believer, you should know this. How many of y'all know your life, my life, I'll say this, my life, and if you're a believer, me and Tawana, we'll just be in this mix. If you're a believer, your life has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, how many of y'all agree with that this morning? My life has been redeemed. By the blood of Jesus Christ. So my life, that means every part of me has been redeemed. I've been bought back from the curse of the law. Come on, I'm, I, I, when I'm weak now, he makes me strong. When I'm poor, he makes me rich. I, I, I walk in all the fullness. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've been redeemed from every uh, uh, work of the enemy. But lots of times people like that in their health. They like that maybe in their marriage. 
They like that in their relationships, but they don't like it in their income. And I don't understand why, because that's the number one thing that brings worry in people's life. So if it's going to be in every part, I'm going to give back to God what already he's done, the work that he's already done for me. Amen? Number two is this. Your tithe enables your church to thrive. How many of y'all thankful for that comfortable chair you're sitting in? It was not free. The heat that's in this room, it was not free. All of it. I mean, uh, everything. And, I, I, and again, I want to encourage you to be here February 24th. We're going to talk about all the donuts that you had back there. They were not free. The coffee that we had was not free. But we are glad to do it because I believe we are a thriving church. Amen? Uh, that it says that there may be food in your house. He's not talking about the donuts that were back there. He's talking about the provision that would be in the house, the sustenance that would be in the house, a place where we could come, where we could gather, where we could have, you know, uh, sound in here where the presence of God is able to free roam about the building. Come on. I believe this, that the house of God should be a city that is on a hill. How many of y'all know we ought to do things in excellence? We ought to do things better than the Knights of Columbus. We ought to do things better than the Lions Club. How many of y'all know the house of the living God is more powerful than any club you can be a part of? He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm not against any of those things, but I'm telling you, the church is an important place to, put your, uh, to give to the storehouse. Number three is this. Write it down. Your tithe has the favor of God on it for your life. I'm going to ask the question, how many of y'all want favor? How many of y'all want more in 24? So one side of the coin is the church. The other side is you. He said, I will open up the windows of heaven. This is an amazing stat. Five ways Americans spend their money. Number one, they spend it. Duh. Number two, they pay their bills. Number three, they pay their taxes. Number four, they save and invest. And number five, they give. From the very beginning, I talked about being out of order. This is a wrong order. You know why? Because it's all me first. Number one, I spend it. Number two, I pay my bills. Number two, I pay taxes. Number two, uh, number four, I save and invest. This is me, 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 me. All, all, well, the taxes aren't you, 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 you. <laughs> Depending on what bills they are, not you, you. Some of them you have to pay, but other ones are, you know, that side-by-side -side that you enjoy at the river. And number five is give. How many of y'all know this is out of order? I said this a couple years, uh, or last year. How many of y'all were in here when I ate the banana? All right. And lots of times what we do is, is we treat God like that. And I had the banana, and I, I ate it all the way down, and all I had left was the sleeve of it, or the peel. And I said, this is how we treat God. We just say, you know what, God, you can just have my leftovers. And I hear people all the time, they come in, they're believing God for their healing, they're believing God uh, for breakthrough, they're believing God for money to be raised so that they can go on the cruise. But it doesn't make no sense to me that they would lift their hands, that they would pray for all these needy things that they want in their life, and they don't say, God, I trust you with this. That you will multiply this bigger than I could ever imagine. 
But also, too, I've seen the bondage of the other side where people say you need to give, bar the doors, shut the, all right, ushers, lock the doors. I'm not leaving here till there's 15 people that give $1,000. That's bondage, too. How many of y'all know there's a vein right down the middle that God wants us to walk in freedom? Amen. And be in order. Yes. Be in order. Be in order. Everybody, everybody say order. order. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new mine. When I, when I put, uh, just like yesterday, I, there was couple of weeks of, or several weeks of shoeing, that I went to the bank and put, put that uh, into the bank. You know what the first thing that I did was? I gave. Like, bam, I'm putting seed in the ground. I may not see it till August, but I'm going to see it in August. I may not see it till next week, but you know what I'm doing? I'm putting seed in the ground. Because I know that God made a way for me to be able to have, uh, to have the horses that I shoot that opened up, uh, gave me the strength to, to do, do them animals. And, 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 and you know what I'm doing? Said, God, you gave me this business. You gave, now, did I have to get out of bed? Yes, I did. See, the other flip side of the coin, you can't just tithe and be a moron with your money either. That's a whole other message for a different day. But if you, the first step in order... You've got to make a choice to tithe. Come on, we trust the Lord with everything else. Let's, let's get things back in order. How many of y'all know we ought to trust him with money? I knew I wouldn't hear very many amens today, but I'm, I'm still going to preach it anyway. Number four is this. So number one, tithing is giving back to God what already belongs to him. Number two, your tithe enables your church to thrive. Number three, your tithe has favor of God on it for your life. And number four, I'm coming to a close. Tithing is not a money issue. It's a trust issue. I'm going to say that one more time so I can hear Pastor Michelle say amen. Make me feel better. <laughs> Tithing is not a money issue. It's a trust issue. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right. That felt better. I just want to ask the question. Who are you trusting for your provision? Are you trusting you? I know who. Me is. For 2024, who are you trusting for your provision? And can I tell you, I shouldn't have to answer this for you. There should only be one answer. Jesus. Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He's my provider. You know, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. Brandy and I, from the very beginning, we talked about it in the marriage deal that's one of the things that we grew up doing. Even when I wasn't serving God, I might have spent all Saturday night at the Piranha Room. Some of you young people know what that is. <laughs> Cody's like, yikes. It was the Midnight Rodeo. Midnight Rodeo, which is a church now. It's been sanctified. All the devil's been cast out of it. Isn't that good? I love it that it's a church. I'm sure they did have to scrub the walls, though. There ain't no lie about that. But I would always come on Sunday morning. I would always come. And 10% of what I had made that week, 
I am giving it into the house of God. I don't care if they set it on fire. I really don't. I don't care what they do with it. I just know that I'm supposed to be obedient. That isn't on me. That isn't on me. Well, it is now. (laughs) But it wasn't then. And there's some people, I remember one time we had, we had a grip building over here and people gave some TVs and some PlayStations and things like that. And that was a time when it was thriving and, and kids would play it. But then kids stopped doing that. They got cell phones. They weren't interested in that anymore. I took it all down. I remember the people that gave it, they said, we want all that stuff. I thought, how selfish. I thought you, I, I thought you did this to be obedient, not so you could be seen. See, I hope that you understand today. I I hope you walk away. This is not a money issue. This is a trust issue. So I was thinking about it. We've been given now 18 years. Never missed a time of doing it. Is there times where it's been hard? Yes, we missed out on some ice cream cones. But, you know, it, it absolutely blows me away like this year we gave 15 times we did more than the first year that we were married God has opened literally opened up the windows of heaven and you know what it is it's saying God you're number one in my life have you seen the economy yeah I have I've seen it but you know what Jesus talked about money in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 when he was establishing the kingdom. If you're going to be kingdom-minded people, you put your trust in me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know this. I'm coming to a close. I'll stop picking on y'all. I know there's three different groups of people in the room. Number one, there's tithers. Come on. I thank God I'm a tither. But then number two, I know there are people that are hearing about this for the first room and first time. And I just want to tell you this, that there is faith in the room. Because when the word of God is taught, the Bible says that faith rises up. You're hearing about this for the first time. So it's, you know what? It's time to ante up. It's time to ante up and just give back to God what's already his. But then there's a third different person in the room. And you're being, being convicted because there was a time that you did tithe, but you stopped for whatever reason. I just wanted, I, I've heard messages before. What you need to do is go back and, and, and give. Go back when you stopped and give all of that. No, that Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's garbage. That is legalism. But if there's conviction in the room, that means there's being some things that are that 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 are that are being cut off your mindset. Saying, you know what? I know we stopped for a time. And I'll just tell you right now, you can't afford not to do this. I know there's people that are blessed out there. There's there's people that I run with that have that I've ran with before that they've got bukus of money and they've never given one red cent to the church. But remember the text. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. 
Bible also says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I know this. They may be running. They may, they may be in jets and have bukus of it. I tell you this. I would rather have less and have God than have more and not have Him. But I know in Him I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Whatever I put my hand to shall and will prosper. I'm just here to tell you I have no problem doing it. Because I took... You know, I took that when he he says, try me. It's almost like wider down at the river. You're going to, you're going to tell me to, you're going to, you want to try me? Yeah, I do. All right, God, I'm going to try you. I've tried everything else. Some of you out there, you've tried financial peace, which is great. And I encourage you to do it. It's so good. It, it saved us. But you know one, one that we tried that helped us the most? Is the Lord. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I hope you hear my heart this morning. I'll say it again. I don't want your money. And God, he don't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Put that on YouTube. But it's a trust issue. Are you going to trust Him with what God has given you? Let's all stand to our feet this morning, bow our heads. God, I just pray that faith is being released in the room. I pray that faith is being released in the room. I pray that faith is being released. In the room. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, God, we trust you. And God, I, if there is conviction that is happening, God, I just pray right now that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I pray for those that are givers and tithers in the room. I pray, I speak multiplication over them. I speak addition. That you're making waves that you're making ways where there seems to be no way. I pray, God, for those that are tithers in the room. You said you'd rebuke the devourer for their sake. So, God, I just pray for strength in their marriage, strength in their parenting, strength in their businesses. I pray strength, God. Angel protection over them. Keep them in all their ways that no evil befall them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. That you really rebuke the devourer. You rebuke the enemy off of their life. And Lord, I pray 2024 that we would have more than we've ever had before. I speak breakthrough in the room in Jesus' name. I speak breakthrough. Lord, we put our trust. There's people in here that's put their trust in the government and that's got them nowhere. They put their trust in a system and it's got them nowhere. But God, we pray that we would be a body in 2024 that would put our trust solely in in you, in every area. Lord, we know and we thank you that you've redeemed us. You've bought us back by the blood of Jesus. So we be obedient to you in every single area of our life.
Thank you for testimonies that will be coming in. Of people saying, you know what? I'm walking in freedom now. I'm walking in freedom. In Jesus' mighty name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus. Never ask him to come live on the inside of you. Or maybe you've, there's a time that you've taught, you've walked away from him. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe your heart's not right with God and you're in here today. Because you need a, you need a fresh start. You've walked away from the things of God and you want to come back to him. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, you know what? That's me, Pastor. That's me. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. Praise God. I believe everybody's saved. Y'all look at me. Know this, I love you. I wouldn't share. I wouldn't share this. First of all, if it wasn't in the Word. This wasn't me. This is God. And I believe this, that it is breakthrough in 2024. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.